Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to say that in my quest to show just how international the blues is, I'm now joined on the phone by my first ever interviewee from India, uh, Rudy Walang. Hello, how are you? Great to be on your show. Thank you so much for having us on. Not a problem, not a problem. Um, yeah. And you are from Shillong. Uh, in, in That's M- right. Meghalaya? Is that Meghalaya? Meghalaya. Meghalaya. Meghalaya the, yeah. So That's for, right. We, this is up in the, the northeastern part of India. Right. So for the uninitiated, and I include myself in that, uh, what is Shillong oh. like? Well, Shillong is a hill station. We call it a hill station here. So lots of greenery, a lot of hills and valleys and rivers and things like that. (laughs) It's very inspiring. It sounds idyllic. It sounds wonderful. It is. It is. Right. So the band, I mean, Indian blues is not something that immediately springs to mind so what was it about the blues that drew you to well Ashley you are quoted saying that you didn't choose blues the blues chose you yes uh, see the thing is now I've been making music for a long time here in Shillong with different bands right from the year 1980-81 so I've been in music for about 40 years now so it was through through my association with the other bands called The Great Society and Mojo that I actually started getting into the blues, listening to people like Freddie King and Albert King, Albert Collins, Roy Buchanan, uh, Muddy Waters, you know, yeah, uh, Buddy Guy. And yeah, through the years, I mean, in 2003, I met uh, Tips, I met Tipriti, and when I heard her sing, she kind of just, you know, she just had the blues in her. That, I so, mean, that, that's slightly strange, because reading the... Uh the background about you, she was listening to people like Alanis Morissette and Cheryl Crow and stuff. See, the thing is, you, you know, where Shillong is concerned, Yeah, Shillong had a lot, compared to the rest of India, Shillong really goes way back where the music scene is concerned, Western music in India. Yeah. So it wasn't really the blues happening, but it was more, you know, because back in, the, in 1945, 46, during the Second World War, a lot of British soldiers and American soldiers, uh, because of the war with Japan, so uh, they were in Manipur, a place called Manipur, which is further east from where we live. And these soldiers brought along with them their music, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Shillong being a summer capital for a lot of them, because the weather here, the climate here is really, really uh, pleasant. So they would all come up to Shillong for their holidays and they brought their music up here with them. Right. And people like my father, uh, who used to be a musician, my late father, they formed bands and they had jam sessions and things like that. So that's how the music scene started off in Shillong, the Western music scene, you know, goes way back. It's similar to here in the UK, where the merchant seamen would come into the seaports like Liverpool and places like that bringing in the music from America. Right. Yeah, so it's similar to that. Yeah. Very similar situation. So when I was a kid, you know, my dad had the records of Elvis Presley and uh, Tom Jones and the Platters. 
Right. Mahalia Jackson. So I used to, I kind of grew up listening to that kind of music. Yeah. But I never knew, I never knew it was the blues. I heard about rock and roll. I heard about the Beatles, but I never knew anything about the blues. Right. It was it was on, it was only later on in life when I was a teenager and I joined these other bands that I suddenly realized that you know uh, I heard about BB King and uh, started reading up on the Beatles and then followed them back and I realized that you know uh, they were they had taken the blues and formed their own sound out of that yeah. rock and roll and things like that you know and then later on with the advent of the internet I learned so much more and then I started delving back I started going back trying to understand the music that I was listening to. Mm. Those first bands that you were in Great Society and Mojo were they blues bands then? Not really uh, blues they were um, with Mojo we were more like a rock band we did a lot of Rolling Stones Manfred Mann besides besides writing our own songs. Yeah with the great society so we and we did a lot of reggae as well so it was a lot of roots music yeah a lot of roots music mojo as well the same thing uh we were writing songs as well as doing covers of all uh, the people that we loved that inspired us you know yeah but it was only yeah it was only after mojo when i took a break from making music for a while that's when uh, uh, in shillong a lot of tapes a lot of cassettes started appearing cassettes of uh, lightning hopkins and uh, memphis slim and memphis mini and all these people you know so i spent a lot of time listening to these and i tried to unlearn everything that i had learned previously mm. and i started again you know i uh, playing acoustic blues mm. and that's when i really really dug into it i really got into the blues then so was this the time when you were doing more producing and arranging at your mm. studio? That's right. That's right. So I was recording. Uh, I had a studio uh, then and I was recording a lot of gospel music, local gospel music here for local bands and choirs and things like that. And uh, Tipriti happened to come in one day. She was a part of a, uh, one of these um, albums and I heard her and she just blew me away. Yeah. And then I said, man, this is like crazy because she's come and she has the blues. I've got the blues. So why yeah. don't we form a band? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's how it started. You formed in 2003 and your first concert was at a Roots Festival. That must have been nerve wracking. It was. But, uh, you know, prior to that, prior to actually playing in a band, I, I had a small uh, Roland workstation, a recorder where I used to program the drums and bass. I'd play guitar over that and we'd plug in a microphone for tips. And that's how we would go and play a few gigs around the place, in and around Shillong. Uh, but then, then we realized that it was very limiting playing with a machine, you know? Yeah. That's when, yeah, that's when we decided, okay, let's get some, uh, get some real musicians coming in because we need this for the blues. You cannot play with a machine. We've got to have live musicians backing us up. So that's when we decided, okay, let's hire session players, session musicians who can back us up uh, for different gigs. It's said that uh, you lit the spark for the New Delhi live music scene. Would you agree with that? Oh, uh, actually, when I think about it now, I mean, when we look back at when we first started, there was no blues happening in India. That's for sure. Mm. There may have been musicians that love the blues 
but it was not really out in the open maybe a few bands playing underground pubs maybe once a month once in three months once in four months you know things like that yeah uh, when we decided to take the step to delhi it was by chance that we met a gentleman by the name of uh, kiran sant so he had a place called the haze he had a little club called the haze in delhi mm-hmm. and we didn't know that he was a hardcore blues lover and he didn't know that there was a band in india that played blues yeah <laughs> you know so it kind of it just clicked it just clicked and uh, kiran uh, after we met him and we re- he realized that we were you know a, a, a blues band and then he took us home to his place and he showed us his uh, collection of blues music that's when we realized man this is like something really Let's forces see. of nature have brought us together yeah right place right time right place right time <laughs> so we were in delhi for at we played at the haze we had a residency there twice a month every month for 7 years right wow <laughs> <laughs> so, so we would fly like the first friday and sat the first saturday and sunday of every month yeah so, yeah, so we were there for 6 years or 7 years and that's when you know we started getting recognized we started getting noticed by a lot of people and the haze became one of the main mainstays for blues in india at that point of time right is it true that you are still the only band to represent india at the international blues challenge ah uh, so far yes so far we are the, we are the only band right and uh, yeah we went there twice in 2007 and then again in 2010 and on each of those occasions you played at two of my favorite clubs in the whole world the rumbogie in <laughs> on beale street and ground on zero ground zero at clarksdale that's right yeah awesome those were ground zero was an awesome gig yeah. it was really really good and there was a buzz going around in memphis you know uh people were talking about this this blues band that have come in from india yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people were actually i think curious to find out what we were playing you know yeah because they i don't think they they don't uh, none of them expected that the blues would uh, or there would be a blues band coming out of india that existed in india uh, they they probably thought you were going to turn up with sitars and things like that <laughs> <laughs> exactly <yeah. laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that's we i mean and we we kind of proved them wrong because i think we played we played a pretty good set mm. and they were really taken in with us yeah so i'm really happy about that yeah the club that you played over in india haze is that uh, the kind of place like rumbugi or ground zero is it modeled on that kind of bar not really not really actually uh, kiran had this place it was a restaurant and he had a small little corner that was meant for a stage so he was actually planning on closing down the re- the live music and just uh, you know having his restaurant open that's all but after he met soulmate it all picked up again and then then he suddenly there were bands mushrooming out of bombay and bangalore and calcutta like suddenly a lot of people started playing the blues yeah. <laughs> well, and they found a place this is it. you have inspired so many bands in india that must be heartwarming for you yeah it's it's a really good feeling there's no doubt about that it, it's really it, it is a really good feeling because when we first started out a lot of people said the blues in india no way it's never going to happen so i said okay well, we'll see we'll see about that and i was determined 
because I knew we had something, you know. Mm-hmm. I knew we had something, and I, and I I had already written songs. I mean, our first album was already written out before we formed the band. So it was just a matter of time when I got together with Tips, and all these songs were there. So I kind of rewrote lyrics so that they would suit her, you know, coming from a woman's point of view. Yeah. And uh, and that's how it happened, you know. Well, I mean, and that's another thing right. that Tips has, in some ways, become a voice for young women in India. Absolutely. Absolutely. She has a, quite a huge following of female fans. And, you know, at, at that point of time, India being, being the kind of society it is, a lot of women were very shy or not confident enough to come out uh, and, and sing or be themselves, generally. Mm. Yeah, because of the society and the way society is in India, yeah. you know, a, wom- a woman is not allowed to be out in the front. She's not allowed to be uh, open and, you know, like she's got to be like behind doors or behind a veil and things like that. But when Tips came on the scene, when Soulmate came on the scene and they watched Tips singing so free, so powerful, you know, a lot of these young women changed their minds and they decided like, you know, no, this is the way it's got to be. Yeah. So I think she empowered a lot of them. She empowered a lot of women. So is that situation changing now in India? Are those barriers being broken down? Yeah, yeah. I can see that it's uh, from the time we started to where the scene is right now. Uh, there are a lot of bands, female bands that have been formed and uh, women fronting bands, you know, mm-hmm. which, was, which wasn't the case prior to that. Not only the blues, but rock, folk, you know, all kinds of music. Yeah. But I think women women finally found a voice and a platform, you know, to to uh, showcase themselves and their talents. And um, we talk about your or the band's influence on Indian music. It's been stated that there would be no right. Mahindra Blues Festival if it wasn't for you guys. That's, that's what, uh, at one of the gigs, uh, Tips and I uh, had met Mr. Anand Mahindra the CEO of the uh, Mahindra company. And uh, he introduced us to his wife. This was at the gig at one of the festivals. Yeah. And he, and he told his wife, and he told his wife, he said, if it wasn't for them, there'd be no Mahindra blues. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was really, I was really kicked. Yeah. Because that was such a big deal for me, for us. It was such a big deal coming from him. Yeah. And he's a blues lover and he's been, you know, he's, he's uh, heard a lot of, uh, of the best of the blues yeah. in his lifetime. Um, so coming from him, that was, that was really something huge for us. Yeah. And from that, you've gone on to perform with countless people, Buddy Guy, Taj Mahal, Kep Mo. Uh, but it's on record that your favorite is Carlos Santana. The thing is, you know, we were coming back, we were traveling back home to Shillong from a short tour when, when our manager, Keith, he said, guys, like, I've got some news for y'all. He said, somebody uh, uh, wants to know whether we would like to open for Carlos Santana. So I got a shock of my life. <laughs> so I was wondering, I, th- I was wondering where. He said, here in India, he's going to be touring India. And he's, gonna, he's got two gigs, one in Bangalore and one in, near Delhi. And they want Soulmate to open for him at one of the gigs. So I was absolutely excited. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it because Carlos Santana was one of my heroes ever, ever since I was a kid. Ever since I first heard Black Magic Woman, you know, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, early 70s. I must have been around 10 or 11 years old then. 
so yeah it, the talks were going on with our manager and then finally you know it was decided that soulmate would open for carlos at the f1 races in noida which is near delhi and then <laughs> and then the rest is history man yeah. <laughs> and now your sons leon and vincent are part of the band as well aren't they yeah leon yeah leon my eldest son he plays bass vincent has been with us for five years but he's taken a little break right now you know the lockdown thing happening yeah, and yeah, no yeah. gigs and stuff so he's concentrating he was concentrating on some tattooing and things like that because he's a very good artist besides playing the drums yeah so he's taken a break so right now we're actually working with a new drummer that's why we were rehearsing when you called me right so we're working with this new chap <laughs> And uh, we're trying to get him, you know, up to speed so that in, uh, once gigs start happening next month or the month after, so we're ready to hit the road. Right. Most people that I've spoken to in the past 12 months were just releasing albums or just about to go on tour and everything. And you're in the same boat, aren't you? You just released the album when lockdown hit. Yeah, we released, we, yeah, we released an album last year. Yeah. So all the promotion and tours and gigs and everything... For that album, I had to go on hold. You're saying exactly. now that, that uh, maybe in two months' time you're going to hit the road again? That's right. I mean, we're just waiting for, uh, you know, India has opened up a little bit, but where gigs are concerned, uh, most clubs are not uh, allowing a capacity audience in as yet. Mm -hmm. So if a club, if, if a club uh, can uh, can hold a hundred people they're lying just maybe 50 people in or something like that yeah so that won't pay the bills you know that won't pay the bills they need capacity yeah so we're, we're waiting maybe once the vaccine has some effect or i don't i really don't know yeah. but we really need to get on the road yeah there's a lot of uncertainty all over the place nobody seems to know what's going on but uh, we can but hope that's everywhere yeah yeah we can but hope that things improve very soon uh you can get out on the road and maybe come over to the uk do you have plans to come over to the uk at some point uh, actually tips and myself we were in the uk in 2018 uh, we had gone there for the summer festival the at hyde park you know where clapton headlined right yeah yeah james taylor and the whole gang like so we were there for those gigs uh with some friends we went to in nothing but the blues bar uh that's in london uh mm -hmm. soho yeah so we we had to give our names in there and we did a little jam with the in-house band so they were they were really taken aback <laughs> tips actually has english and scottish heritage doesn't she she does yeah her her grandfather from her father's side and my on my side my uh, from my mum's side i have irish artistry my grandfather was a fallon it's been an absolute joy talking to you like you say you in the middle of rehearsal so i'll let you get back to that but thank you so much for taking time out today absolutely this. all right you take care my friend i'll speak to you again no thank problem. you so much take care and you bye 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 and I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.